Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. Good morning. Um, I, I got to admit to you, the last couple of weeks have just been, you know, you ever been just thrown in the fire? Just, <laughs> uh, I didn't sign up for all that. And, and I'm trying to tell God, I don't know what you want me to do. I, I'm just like you guys, right? Just feed my sheep, right? Just, just feed my sheep. And I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. We, we just do simple church here, and we're just normal people. And Okay, so I got to give you what you want, right? I got to give you what you need. You're, the, you're supposed to be the sheep. And I guess I'm supposed to be the sheep dog or something. <laughs> the, the shepherd, we all know who the shepherd really is, right? But we actually are put in a position of shepherding a lot of different people. And if we don't get this right, um, I don't know whether God would be pleased or not. He would like you to at least try. But each and every one of you, sometime, someplace, are put in a position of shepherding somebody or some people. If you're a parent, we all, we all know you got a job. Um, if you're uh, uh, in a, a workplace where there's people underneath you and you have authority, you're actually going to shepherd these people. And, of course, I don't want you to get fired for trying to get religion into your... You've got to understand what I'm saying. We're supposed to love people. And we're supposed to be kind to people. We're supposed to be gentle to people. This is, this is the Christian way. And I don't see a lot of that going on in the world right now. And I think we could use a lot more of it. And maybe if we would start it, maybe it would kind of follow suit, right? If we treated somebody good, maybe they would pay it forward and treat somebody else good. This is how you expand God's kingdom. And boy, does the world need it right now. Uh, the way the world's going, I don't know who they're following, but um, it's not going so good. So maybe they should be trying something else. Like it says in our Declaration of Independence, Right? I hope you all had a good 4th of July. God is in the Declaration of Independence, and I would hope that he's in you too. So, you have been put in a position of shepherding. Whether, even some of these teenagers over here have been put in a position where they can shepherd somebody. And I just cried out to him and said, what do you want from me? And he said, feed my people. Feed my sheep. Okay, uh, I thought that's what I was doing. So how do I handle this? And he says, feed my sheep. And I'm like, okay, I have read this, I don't know how many times, right? It's, it's John 21, it's right at the end, and he tells Peter, feed my sheep. So I thought, you know what, I, uh, I'll go back and look at it again. Maybe, maybe there's something there that I missed or something. And boy, was there. And there's something maybe you missed too. We need to actually know what's going on in these situations. You know, I got to tell you, I spent way too much time thinking about, um, okay, who's the sheep? Is that everybody? Is that just Christians? Is that just the people that come in and sit in the chairs? Who are the sheep? And who is actually the shepherd? And what, what am I supposed to feed them? Feed. What's, what's feed? What? Um, Give them what they want. No, you know I don't do that here. Um, give them what they need. Well, when you come in, you're looking for a lot different stuff than I'm given. God, what do you want me to do? 
feed my sheep. Okay, here we go. He says it three times. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to break this down for you because this isn't just applicable to me. This is applicable to everybody. And I don't know how many times I've said that this book is for you. It's not for the pastor. It's not for you to beat somebody over the head with. This book is for you. These letters in here are written to you. It's a love story. So I got it out and started to break it down. I struggled way too long with this. Who are my sheep? What's the feed? What am I going to feed them? What's what's the feed? So, I finally think I figured it out. And I handled it. I want you guys to do that too. You are shepherds of something, somebody, somewhere. Or maybe you will be shortly. Or maybe you have been in the past. But you are the shepherd people, and this is not just for pastors. This is just not for church leaders or or missionaries. This is for everyone. It's for you. Let's take a look at John 21, 17, I'm sorry, 15 through 17. Before I read this, I I want to give you the setup here. Um, Peter had denied Christ three times. And they, he saw him get arrested and taken away, and they said, weren't you with him? And he said, no, no, no. He, he was scared. So he denies him three times. And you realize that was the last time. Jesus turns around and looks at him when he denies him the third time. And it was the last time he'd seen Christ. Christ got taken away, tried, and sentenced to life to be crucified on a cross. And that was the last thing Peter said and did And his Savior turned around and looked at him. And he was heartbroken. So actually, this this story is Peter finally getting to talk to Christ about what happened. And uh, Jesus has been resurrected, and he's walking along the shore, and he sees the fishermen out there, and he says, throw, throw your nets over here, and they catch all kinds of fish. They come on shore, and they cook, and they have breakfast. And Peter finally gets a chance to talk to Jesus Christ after he had been crucified and resurrected. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Just stop here for a minute. Love me more than these. Now the disciples were with him, right? And I want you to think about this. This is the Gospel of John. John wrote this. And he's talking about a story where Jesus and Peter are talking. Now, if you follow this enough to know that John was actually labeled the one that Jesus loved. All through the Bible, John is the one that lays his head on his chest and and everything. So he's actually got this label, the one that he loves. And he's writing this story down. And Jesus just said to, to Peter, do you love me more than these other 12 guys, these other 11 guys? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I, that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. I'm actually using the New King James Version here because I don't want this watered down or changed. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Twice, right? 
He says to him, tend my sheep. Jesus says to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter is grieved because he said it to him a third time. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Three times he asked him whether he loved him or not. And three times Jesus gives him a response. And what we've got to do is we've got to break this down. You, you, you think of this as so repetitive, right? And why, why would he just keep asking the same thing? And when, when Peter says that he grieved, um, it means he's getting a little disturbed that he's asking him again and again. But what you don't realize here is that the love in the Greek is so much different than the love that we have. We have translated this to, do you love me each time, when that word love is different. There's agape love. This is the kind of love that the the majority of the Bible talks about. This is putting somebody else first. This is meeting somebody's needs. This is helping somebody. And then there's um, phileo, or filio. I don't know how you guys say it. That's, That's the best I can do without butchering it too bad. This is the kind of love that's where you have feelings for someone. This is a more emotional kind of love. So when he says to him, do you love me? The first time, it's agape love. And then he tells him, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Is it agape love or is it now filial love? There's actually another one. There's storge love. This is a devoted kind of respectful love. See, we don't have this many words for love, but they do. And when he's asking him, he keeps ramping up what it is till the last time he says, do you love me? That's the filial, the filial love. This is with emotion. This is, do you really feel for me? Do you really know who I am? Just don't put me in front of somebody. Just don't respect me. But do you love me? Do you have feelings for me? He says, of course I do. You know all things. Do you have that kind of love for God? What kind of love do you have for God? There's actually a fourth kind of love that's not in the Bible. And it's called um, eros. Is somebody in here better than me? Do you know how to say that? Eros? It's the kind of love that... um, I'll try to keep this G rated here. Um, It's the kind of love that you would have for a spouse. Can I say that? Um... All right, we'll just go on. Um, You see, when you see that and you think it's repeated three times, and so many people say, well, he did it three times because uh, Peter denied him three times, it's actually a different kind of love he's asking him, and he's ramping it up. And then he tells him what to do. Do you love Jesus? What kind of love do you have? Just a storge kind of love. Uh, kind of uh, devoted to him, uh, a respectful kind of love. You know, I I thank him when we sit down to eat. Or this agape love. Do you actually put him before everything else? The agape love that the Bible talks about is putting somebody first, putting them before you, stopping what you're doing to help somebody else, and then you can go back to doing what you do. By the way, Darren, thank you for those sunflowers. I got off track. 
What kind of love do you have for him? Do you have the agape love? This would be the storge, the respectful kind of love, plus uh, putting him first, making him uh, the best in your life. Actually, starting your day with him or finishing your day with him or go right to him first instead of waiting till something bad happens. Isn't this what we do? We wait until um, some sort of crisis happens and then we turn to God in hopes that he'll fix it. And then whether it's either fixed or it doesn't get fixed, then you just go back to doing what you're doing. But you see, this filial kind of love is how it is when you have feelings for someone. This is a kind of love that is beyond just devotion. This is the love that's beyond just putting somebody first. What kind of love do you have for Jesus? He asked Peter three times, and then three times he tells him what to do. So what we're going to do is dissect this the way that we should be doing it. I don't want to make this all real complex for you, but if you understand the culture and what they're going through and what some of the words are, I don't expect you to learn Greek. But if we don't study it a little bit, we won't really know. Feed my lambs. This is the first response. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. This, this word feed and this word lambs, if you look up the Greek word to it, you'll, either, you'll, you'll start to understand, right? These are um, young, right? Uh, baby sheep is a lamb. Anybody got sheep in here? You, you raise them. Feed my lambs. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean little kids. That's what Kelly does back there. And, and she does a really good job, but that's not for me. The young ones would be the newbies, the new Christians, the people that just started following, the ones that are still trying to figure it out. This isn't so much little kids as it is Young hearts, feed my lambs. Okay, well, I, I hope some of you in here are that, because I'm trying to do that today. The second one says, tend my sheep. Kyle, can you put the verse back up there again? The second one says, tend my sheep. This is the second time he said this now. And this tend my sheep, this, this word tend is different than feed, and it means to, to care for, to supervise, to have authority over, to teach. This is the kind of word that you would use if you were put in a position of shepherding. Do you love him? Tend his sheep. The third time he says it, he says, feed my sheep. This is good. This word is actually the combination of two words. The feed my sheep is actually uh, a combination of authority and to bring to maturity. This means that you're going to start feeding lambs. And then you're going to feed the flock. And then you're going to give them direction. You're going to teach them. You're going to show them. This is what a shepherd does. And this is what you guys should be doing too. But if you don't get the love part right, you don't have to do the rest. Okay, so in this verse, these verses that we're looking at, um, the English language is kind of funny here. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. It doesn't say, then feed my sheep, or okay, good, go feed my sheep. 
There's nothing. It just says, feed my sheep. And it's almost like there's a word missing right there. But the, the uh, New Living Translation actually puts in the word then. Some of the other ones do a little bit different. But this is a command. This is not some good suggestion. This isn't something he just wanted Peter to do. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. That's for you. Do you love him? If you love him, this isn't a suggestion. Feed my lambs. We all have them. Do you love me? Do you love me the kind of love that would put me first? Then tend my sheep. You watch over them. You care for them. You get them what they need and stop them from doing what they shouldn't be doing. Ouch. Lead them to where there's living water. Lead them to where there's food. Pull them away when a wolf is close. The last one. Do you love me? Emotional kind of love. A deep kind of love. The kind of love that you want. You want somebody, you want your God to love you with emotion. And he does. These words are actually broken down by what Jesus says. All through the Bible where he says uh, he loves and loves and loves, you actually need to figure out what kind of love it is because the kind of love he has for you is this filial love, this, this emotion, this attachment, this kind of love that you can't do without. Do you love him that way? Then tend his sheep. In this, this, is some, this is a position of authority and control over them. I'm not saying a ruler. You don't get to tell them what to do. But you're responsible. Don't let them get in trouble. Don't let them make mistakes. Do your best to try to keep them out of harm. I talked to some people this weekend. Um, we, got, we got some farmers in here, right? I talked to one guy that was a hog farmer. And there's times when two sows can't be in the same pen. See, they're still part of the flock, and they're still in the barn, and the shepherd's still watching over them, but they can't be in the same pen. So I talked to a guy then that does cattle. And he said, well, yeah, there are times, you know, whether they're milking cows or whether it's a heifer looking to get bread or something, they start to butt each other. There's just something that is not right. You have to separate them. How are you going to feed and tend to these They're still under your watch, but you have authority over them. You have this authority to do the right thing, to make them do the right thing, to make sure they hear the right thing, to make sure they're taught the right thing. And sometimes, just sometimes, I think a lot of you are going to relate to this, you have to separate your children. Abby, go to your room. Chelsea, you go to your room. And we can just relax for a minute. And then there's a time when they can come back together. When they've learned, when they've been taught. Right? Your children have to be separated sometimes. But there's a time when they come back together because you tend to them. Because you fed them. Because you taught them. They go because you have authority over them. They come back because you have taught them the right thing. Feed my sheep. How are you doing? You see, you don't have to if you don't love him. 
He doesn't say, this is a good suggestion. Hey, you might want to think about tending to my lamb. might want to think about my sheep. Do you love him? And feed his sheep. Will the worship team get ready? I I better move along here. It means sometimes there's discipline. There's sometimes you're going to have to make hard decisions. But it's on you. It really is. You need to do the right thing. You need to feed the sheep. Your sheep. Who are your sheep? And here I go back to my whole thing. Okay, who's the sheep? You know who the sheep are. Sometimes it's just for a day. Sometimes it's just for an hour. Sometimes it's your children. You ever let your child have a friend come over? You're now shepherding the neighbor kid. You're supposed to teach him too. And maybe they don't do the same thing at their house as we do at our house. That doesn't give you the right to treat them any different or let them do anything different than what you've said, what you do, the way you teach them for the time that you have them. Uh, Dane and Chad run the... Um, where's Chad? Hey, Chad. Dane and Chad run the, uh, the camp down there. What's it called? Adeline. He has to shepherd kids. Uh, This week is teenagers. Yeah, good luck with that. (laughs) That's why I'm up here, not over there. Dude, I'll write you a check. I don't want to do what you do. How are you guys doing? Do you understand? Do you love me? What kind of love is it? And if you do, then he says, do this. In just a couple more verses down, he says, then follow me. Can you do that? You see, if you don't have the love down first, the rest you don't have to worry about. You should try. But if you don't love him, if you don't follow him, then the way that you're going to shepherd somebody else might not be what he really wants. When he says, follow me, this is what the rabbis had. The, the little boys would memorize their, their Torah. This is the, the books of the law. They had to memorize it, and they would follow these rabbis, and they would do what they do, and they go where they go, and they want to be just like them. That's why they follow them. And so when he says, follow me, that's what he's saying. Do what I do. Go where I go. Act like I act. But he tells us so much other stuff. We're supposed to be shepherds, and sometimes it's hard. How are you doing? You know, and it really doesn't make too much difference how you're doing if you don't love him. Don't expect all the blessings and the favor. That's your choice. I'm not trying to bring everybody to be pastors or anything. I'm trying to get you eternal life. So, I want you then to go back and read your Great Commission. The Great Commission says... Go make disciples, teaching them to obey, teaching them, shepherding them, tending to them. You see how these things go together? These are some of the last words he said before he left this earth. Now, I know a lot of you think he's not watching, so you don't have to do it. I'm sorry to tell you that he is. And all you got to do is just accept him, follow him, feed his sheep. It's really pretty simple. He is so forgiving, so merciful. And I'm glad he is. 
I'm glad he waited for me. As much as I want him to come back right now and take his sheep and go, I've got a lot of work to do. And I'm glad he waited for me. Why don't you go be a shepherd? This isn't just for Peter. This isn't just for pastors. This isn't just for church leaders. This is for the shepherds. And you all can be put in that place. You see, actually what he does is he is the one that makes it possible for them to come back together. We get separated. And we were separated from God when his sin, when the sin came into this world, we got separated from him. And Jesus actually died for you so that you could be brought back together again. You think the father said to his son, feed my sheep? I think he did. You see, the only way to do this is to follow Jesus. He's the only way that you can ever come back together if you need to be separated. You are, and you were, but you don't have to be, because he always makes a way. Okay, i got to go back to the beginning of the story. Peter had denied Christ three times and thought he was never going to get a chance to talk to him again. He didn't understand the, the resurrection thing. They didn't quite get all that. And the last time Jesus looked at him, he was denying him, and he was grieved by it. It just tore him up, and he got a chance to see him again. And so this, this do you love me? You've got to understand, Peter's going, absolutely. I'm so sorry for what I did to you. Give me a chance to explain. And Jesus says, do you really love me? Oh, I do, I do, I do. I love you so much. I am so sorry for what I did. Forgive me. I'm using my own words here. And the last time, do you really love me? Absolutely. Then do this. Each time. Do you love him? You've been forgiven. You were Peter. You denied. You did things wrong. All this kind of stuff. You were Peter. But Jesus brings things back together again. He got another chance. It was reconciliation for him. And absolutely, he had denied him. Lord says, do you love me? You bet I do. Then feed my sheep. The last time he saw him. Wouldn't you do it? Because you're supposed to. If you love him, you'll feed his sheep. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. Thank you for another chance and another chance and another chance. Thank you for your, your mercy. Thank you for your grace. God, we've all been where Peter was. We've been separated from you. And you waited for us. Bring us back together, Father. Let your, your disciples, your teachers, your leaders, your parents teach us, tend to us, feed us, so that we can actually be a, a mature Christian and just get this love part down. God, thank you for once again allowing us to get together and just praising and worshiping you. I hope that it's pleasing in your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen.